And expectations actually is where I want to start with a story about expectations. It starts with a bet that for most of my life around this time of year, my family members would make with each other. The bet was about if I would get sick for my birthday or for Christmas. They're just a week apart. So sometimes my family members in love would bet both. On the other hand, no one ever bet on neither. I cannot tell you how many birthday parties had to be canceled or how many times my mom would be on the phone with a pediatrician the night before my birthday debating about how much of my body the hives could cover before we should worry. Growing up, my family had two explanations for this annual tradition. First, I was so filled with excitement for the days to come that my body manifested my expectations as sickness. I could try not to be excited, of course, but that was a losing battle. I would just be sick for my birthday or for Christmas or for both. Which gets to the second explanation, that is that being sick at these fun events was like a core part of my identity, like my personal destiny was to miss out. Luckily, as an adult, I've learned that there was and there is so much more going on in this cycle and in my body and in all of our bodies than this sad family lore accounted for. I mean, we weren't wrong to correlate my expectations with what was happening in my body. In It's just more complicated than that. In their book, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, Emily and Amelia Nagoski describe emotions as, quote, an involuntary neurological response in your whole body. Emotions, they say, are cycles with a beginning, a middle, and an end. There are two important points in this short statement. First, that emotions are in your body. I mean, we tend to conceive of feelings as ideas, something that our brain thinks. But this is just, this thinking is just the name that we give to a feeling that happens involuntarily across our whole body. The second important point is that emotions are cycles with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Something triggers the beginning. We have that involuntary emotional, the neurological response. If we deal with that first trigger, then we tend to think that the emotion then is done too. But that still leaves the middle and the end. Nagoski says that emotions are like a tunnel. You have to get through the whole thing to get to the light on the other side. And here's where their lessons apply to my sad childhood tale. Because it turns out if you don't ever get through the tunnel, the feeling just, just stays, not just in your heart, where to paraphrase Richard Rohr, it clouds your view on everything else and you pass it on to others without full, ever fully realizing it. But just as importantly, the feeling stays in your body it lodges there quietly in some organ or muscle in your veins or in your skin. And over time, these incomplete feelings pile up 
until they can no longer keep quiet. Incomplete feelings turn into exhaustion or pain, illness or injury, or a compromised immune system that makes you all the more likely to get ill or injured, which is an especially common experience in the moments when all the usual triggering things release, when you relax and breathe. As an adult, I realized that the first day of school winter break was also always a day or two before my birthday, which means that I wasn't just excited and expectant, but also the release of all the stuff I no longer needed to do or think about, the release of any kind of stressors meant that all those incomplete feelings came calling which also means that maybe it wasn't just my destiny to miss out on all the fun, but more it was the reality of my family system that although we are good at many things, completing the feeling cycle is not one of them. And we're not alone. This is a new idea to many of us. To think that instead of pushing feelings away and calling them done once that original stimuli is dealt with, that instead you should acknowledge the experience without shame or judgment about what involuntarily came up in your body and heart, and then do something to complete the experience, something embodied because emotions happen in the body. This is a wild new idea. The Nagoskis describe seven ways to complete the feeling cycle. I'm gonna name them real quickly. Physical activity, breathing deeply, a 20 second hug, crying or laughing hard, positive social connection and creative expression. I really encourage you to check out their book for more details. As we start December, we need to start here in our emotions because so many of us bring so many feelings to this time of year, especially this year, so many feelings. Like our series video said, this year the Tangled Blessing is leveling up. Especially we bring grief. Grief in all the usual ways of missing loved ones who've died the ways we miss them over the holidays, and also the particular grief of 2020. Grief that has piled up after so many losses, missed traditions, habits, and ways of coping, friends and family and fellow church members that we haven't seen in so long in person. We carry grief, and to go back to where we started, we carry expectations expectations for how things are supposed to go, what the holidays mean, what things we usually do or don't do, who we spend the holidays with, how that goes. Expectations, to be clear, is not exactly an emotion, but unpack your expectations and you'll usually find their worry, hope, loss, joy, love, fear, and more. This year, they are also, all these expectations are also wrapped up in anxiety about this different, distant holiday. Maybe some anger is there too. And again, grief. For all we know, we, we won't be able to do. 
Now, even if you don't officially have a break, in December, many of us find ourselves in that moment of release and pause, which means a moment when all the incomplete feelings start to surface, which means we have two, two choices in front of us for the month ahead. The first choice is we can let those incomplete emotions remain as they are, which means we might inadvertently pass them on to others or they might cloud our view of reality somewhat, but sometimes in a stressful time, this is the best choice, the only choice. It's a choice of survival. So if that's where you're at, you just, just be there with awareness and intention Accepting and knowing where you are can be healing too. Be gentle with yourself. Let's not forget that we are all still living in the middle of a collective trauma. And the second choice, if you're up to it, is to take advantage of all the incomplete feelings that come up acknowledge them and lean in, take real time to be with them. Feelings, it turns out, are slow, inefficient creatures. Pay attention to them without judgment. Welcome whatever shows up. And then do something in your body to release them. Breathe through them, connect through them, move through them, and I mean all of this very literally. Now, when we complete the feeling cycle, it doesn't mean that we get, get over grief, for example, any more than we get over excitement. Instead, it's more like we metabolize it. We allow our bodies to catch up to the reality, to reality, so that we can be present, fully present to the gifts, the magic of this moment here and now.